Hey, everybody, and welcome to yet another edition of the Chris Rose Rotation, a production of John Boy Media, as we circle back with Stephen Brault, who's joining us from lovely Bradenton, Florida. How are you, sir? I am doing absolutely wonderful, Chris. How are you? I am doing great. And since you're not a guest on the show, you are a co-host of the Chris Rose Rotation. Why don't you introduce us to today's guests, whom you know rather well? Today's guest, ladies and gentlemen, is none other than Mayamo Trevor, Trevor Williams, uh, Cubs pitcher, former Pirate great. Hello, Trevor. How's it going? It's good. Thanks for including me. Thanks for thinking of me. And uh, it's an honor to be on with you guys. Oh, wow. that is too sweet. That is too well. First of all, did you even notice what Steven's wearing today, Trevor? I did. I just saw that. So yeah, I appreciate it. You're filling. You're filling it in nicely. Yeah, I, uh, I, I got this Trevor or this shirt. This Trevor. I got this shirt from Trevor this off season. Went to his house, worked out there, and then afterwards we were recording our podcast, the IMHO podcast. So uh, I was like, "Hey, I'm super sweaty. Can I get a shirt?" And he gave me this shirt, and now I feel like a little piece of Trevor whenever I wear it. You know, it's so nice. It's so nice. It's a re- it's a really comfortable shirt too. I forgot I gave you that. Now I kind of wish I I got it back. I know, and it's it's very it's b- too big for me. You know, it's big fitting, so it's like you know, boyfriend shirt kind of thing. I'm uh-huh. into it. I love it. So basically what you're saying is you're not nearly the man that Trevor is. No, he's, he's girthy. Definitely a large I'm, man. I am beefy. Yeah. When, whenever people ask me like, uh, what size shirt are you? And they're all, they're all, they'll always guess like, are you probably large or extra large? It's like, no, I've, I've got some beef on me. I'm actually double XL. <laughs> all right. So for people that aren't familiar with your background together, you are actually, you were born four days apart. You both grew up in the San Diego area. Uh, Trevor, did you guys know each other as kids, compete against each other? I think we I think we tried to narrow it down that, like, we played travel ball against each other. Um, I didn't know him. I'm sure he didn't know who I was either. It was just one of those, um, when you play in San Diego and you there's only a few travel teams that are good that play each other, and I think that we we eventually played each other in travel ball, but then we didn't know him until I was traded over to the pirates. Yeah, we, so we found a list that's like, uh, 2010, you know, first, second team there, it's called CIF in California. Um, and me and Trevor, Trevor, are you on the second team as well with me? We're, we're either on the second team or on the first. And then Joe was the vice, the vice versa. I, like it was either. Let's Joe say we were on the first. first. Let's, <laughs> let's say we were on the first team and he was on the second team. Yeah, so we have that, and then also like Tony Walters was on that list, mm-hmm. and um, Phil Evans is on that list. There's a bunch of people that we've played with now that are all on that same list. It's it's actually pretty cool to see. There's definitely other guys that I don't know that I haven't played with that that also are in the big leagues that are on that list. So apparently it was a good it was a good time to be a San Diego baseball player. So you guys were actually both traded to Pittsburgh. Steven, you came from Baltimore and Trevor, you came from Miami. So when you connected in Pittsburgh, were you, you guys were in the minor leagues together and you just started kind of retracing your San Diego roots? Yeah, Trevor, you want to give the story of, of us meeting for the first time where it was? Uh, we were in the Arizona Fall League together. Um, Steven wasn't there. Where were you? You were at like a wedding or something? Yeah, you, I, you weren't I was there for the for first two days. Did. Yeah. yeah, he wasn't there for the first two days and everyone was hyping him up like he was this great dude and he's from San Diego. We're going to we're going to connect. And that was really it. And we 
I mean, that's where we met and started connecting. Trevor actually didn't have a, a pirate's uniform for the first like week. So he had to wear uh, a uniform that said Duncan on the back for the guy that was going to be like our replacement. You know, somebody got injured. So he was Frank Duncan for about five days. That's beautiful. Yeah. Um, you know, Steven was actually traded for a major leaguer, Travis Snyder. You were traded for a player and someone else. Uh, the transaction says I was traded for Richard Mitchell, minor leaguer. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 the uh, the story goes that I was traded for um, I was traded as compensation for um, a couple front up front office personnel guys. So it was a a quote unquote pitching guru named Jim Benedict, I believe, who spent a couple of years in Miami. Somebody convinced the front office and ownership that we've got to trade one of our top ten prospects for this pitching guru. He's going to change everything. That blew up in their face. And did you, were you like, I can't believe, I just got traded for like a front office dude. Well, when, when I got traded, I asked, cause one of the farm directors for the Marlins was one of the guys I was traded for. So I asked him, I said, well, who was I traded for? And he didn't tell me, he just said some minor leaguer. So and I was like, well, that's, <laughs> that's, that's encouraging. Right. And nice. because, because the optics of that make me look like I'm a jackass or like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm not a good teammate or a good person. It's like, how does a top prospect with the Marlins get traded to the Pirates for on paper essentially nothing right and um ouch Richard uh, Mitchell if you're listening you're not nothing man you just uh, weren't that great at baseball (laughs) and that's okay that's fine we all have our things (laughs) baseball ended for you man it's okay that guy's gonna (laughs) hate me um wherever he is so like the the weeks after that it, it started coming to light that um i was the compensation pick and um i've never met jim benedict never had a conversation with him um and that was really it and then been with the pirate i was with the pirates ever since then and then um now in the cubbies okay well there's a lot in between arriving and nah, there's not much <laughs> yeah that's that's it it's it's been uh all yeah the, the the times that trevor and i have spent together though have, have been really good i think we uh we get along pretty well we had to work out or i worked out at his place all off season because uh of covid and he has a, a home gym in his place uh in san diego so we uh we got to spend a lot of time together did our throwing together and everything it was super fun um but we, Chris, we talked about this before, how um, it was a really interesting experience for me, even though I wasn't actually the one going through it, when Trevor was going through the free agency process after being DFA'd by the Pirates last year, because it was so like, I mean, selfishly, it's like, hey, I don't have to actually worry about this. So it's kind of like, I just get to enjoy the Trevor talking about like offers and deals and stuff. And it's like, ooh, juicy. Every time I would get up there, there'd be something new. And Trevor would be like, yeah, you know, just kind of trying to figure it out. My agent, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, man, no, I get it. I get it. In reality, I'm like, I have no idea. Well, Trevor, though, good... yeah, Go ahead. Let's, let's start with the fact that, I mean, he, Stephen just kind of glossed over the fact you got DFA'd. And I, I kind of know <laughs> what that's about because that's, I mean, listen, you're laughing about it now, but when they tell you, hey, we're, we're going to DFA you and you're in the prime of your career, it's got to sting a little bit. Yeah, it wasn't, um, wasn't a great day, um, but it, it was one of those things where my agent and I were kind of going over every situation, like uh, 
didn't perform last year or didn't perform in 2020. Um, what the direction of the pirates were trying to do is, is one thing. And there were, they could offer you a pretender deal. They could non-tender you. They can, nothing might happen and they might just take you to arbitration. And there were all these different scenarios. And really the scenario that we didn't talk about was you're going to get designated and then the designated <laughs> a couple of days, a couple of days prior to the non-tender uh, deadline. So we, we were going through these situations and um, I think I just finished working out. Steven wasn't there. Um, I just finished working out and then I saw Ben Sherrington was calling and I, I see it and I go, this is one of two things. I'm either getting designated or they're going to offer me a pretender deal um, to, see, to try and lock you in at a, at a price below your arbitration number. So um, it, was a, it was a fine conversation. Um, I have nothing but respect for Ben Sherrington. And um, he kind of, it wasn't the first time he's designated someone. So he knows how it feels on the receiving end of on being designated. So I think, uh, it was what it was what it was. And, um, I was sad because the biggest thing that I was going to miss was, was the, the guys and the relationships that I've formed over the past years through the minor leagues and at the big league level and, and missing those guys. But then, um, but then you have to like kind of stop and go, all right, well, what's the next step? Am I going to get claimed? Am I going to get, uh, become a free agent? What's, what's, what's going to happen. And, um, it was a, it was a weird couple of days, um, after I got designated. Steven had, How'd you deal with it as a guy who, I mean, you're more than just a friend. It's like your dude you rolled with in Pittsburgh. So how yeah. tough was it for you? Uh, it was, it's a bummer. It's more of just like feeling bad, you know, feeling bad for him. But Trevor, you know, as soon as I found out, you know, I called him and we talked for, you know, 30 minutes just about kind of the process and what was going to happen after that. Um, but we have, you know, we have a good relationship. Uh, it goes back to like when we, like 2016 and 17, we lived together in spring training when mm. we were vying for the same spot. We were both trying to get a spot in the rotation for the pirates uh, and Trevor won both times. Uh, and that's fine. You know, whatever, or 17 and 18, whatever it was. Um, but like, I mean, that's the kind of relationship we've always had where it's like healthy competitive. So as soon as he got DFA, I was like, sick, I got a rotation spot next year. <laughs> nice. <laughs> You know, like, so there's like the always back and forth. Cause I knew he was going to be fine, you know? So then, and then he goes and we go through all this thing and then he signs for the Cubs and I'm just like, man, are you kidding me? Like <laughs> the Cubs, the Cubs ev out of everybody, the Cubs, but you know, I, I was excited cause I was going to get to see him more, but obviously now since I'm stuck in Bradenton, um, I'm not getting to, but it's okay. We still talk all the time. He's part of that. He's part of that, you know, group chat we have with all the guys, um, that we have played with, with the pirates and, uh, and we, we keep each other honest that way. And he got a knock yesterday too, an actual, like a good hit, like a real pulled it to the left it was side. My first, it was my first pulled hit in my career. Okay. <laughs> nice. Well, you, yeah. you know, you're talking to a guy who could have been a starting center fielder in baseball over there with brawl. So you just I thought you were careful. talking about yourself at first. I was like, wow. Okay. <laughs> good for you, Chris. Lack the wheels. I'm, yeah. I lack the wheels to play center. Yeah, you can't quite cover the ground. Um, outfield. Yeah. So how'd that call go when you had to, uh, when you called Steven, you were like, yeah, I'm staying in the division. Well, that, that week or two weeks leading up to it there, <laughs> my free agency was, was for the first, after I got designated to the non or to the non-tender deadline, it was crazy. Like it was like 
pretty much every team was calling and showing interest and in like what really is showing interest, right? It's we like you, but um, you're a great guy, but and so like whatever that whatever that means, and then it's like okay, well then let's put up or sh- or shut up. So yeah, like thanks for calling, was, appreciate it, bye. Yeah, cool. Like <laughs> you're a great dude. However, your fastball sucks, right? Like <laughs> so like whatever. But the first the first couple um, first couple weeks was busy, and then there was like a lull period of like nothing, where Stephen like saw me bang my head on the on the wall continue more and more continuously like throughout this like little period and then like <clears throat> excuse me and then like the next uh the last couple of weeks it really got um serious and it really started speeding up and it was like every day we were we were in the garage and like i would have to stop i would stop working out to be on the phone with my agent he would do his thing and then i come back in and be like all right well what do you got and um we ended up it got down to um, two to three teams that we that we thought were serious that um, we were going to probably sign with, and then we threw a bullpen at um, with my old pitching coach when when I was uh, like 10, 11, 12, um, we, at his high school, and there happened to be like not even the area scout of the Cubs. It was like it was like a video intern area scout, and he's like, "Hey, do you mind if I like videotape your bullpen?" And in my head, I'm like, the Cubs have so much video on me. Like, it, this bullpen doesn't matter. And I'm like, if this guy wants to videotape me and send it in and impress his area scout, like, sure, send in the video, dude. Throw a bullpen, it's fine. It's a Jane or it's a December bullpen, so it's like 17 pitches, fastballs, maybe three changeups. And uh, the next day, I got a call from the Cubs saying, like, hey, we want to offer you a contract. And we were just like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, yeah, this like, is like this guy. <laughs> this guy got me. A, this guy got me a job, and then. It was funny later, like as I sign and continue to sign and then I go into like go into the video room in spring training with the Cubs. And the first video that's in my like page is my bullpen from that day. And it's like me in slow motion and like shorts and a T-shirt. And I'm like, wow, like this is uh, after, you know, four years of me pitching against them. This one 17 pitch bullpen at a high school field is what made you guys want to sign me. That's, that's impressive. It's good video work. It's what it is. Yeah. I, I should have, I should have submitted that to you, Chris, because Trevor sent the, a clip to me because he's throwing the bullpen and I'm just standing behind right him back. like a creeper, <laughs> just like watching him. Pitch. You're the pitching coach. I'm the pitching coach. Exactly. The guru, it, the pitching guru. I'm the pitching guru. Yeah. But it was like, it was a cool way. We, we threw our bullpens at this high school, uh, which we actually did a, a few years ago because it was raining all the time in San Diego a few years ago during the off season. It was really weird. So there's only one field in all of San Diego that has a dirt mound indoors. And it happened to be this high school. Um, I don't know why we're not saying the name. It's Westview. It's Westview in, high school. in San Diego. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so we, you know, went back and threw our bullpens there again this off season. And it's, it's nice, you know, to be able to have somewhere, and he's got all of the stuff, you know, he, he's, he's, a, he's a pitching guru. Cause he has, you know, tr- um, what is that called? I can't remember the name, not track, man. The other one, rap Soto. Rap Soto. Um, and so you can actually get reads on the pitches and everything mm. if you want it. So, um, it was, it was really cool, but yeah, it was, it was funny because sometimes there would be scout days there. So there would be a few scouts who happened to get there early. Cause we would throw before they had their, you know, their players come out and hit and stuff for the scouts. And now after that, cause we had, we've met these scouts all before just throughout being in San Diego. And so then after that, we would just constantly make fun of the guys who have been scouting for years. It's like this guy who's like 24 years old, just got the Cubs to sign Trevor. Like, what have you done recently? <laughs> 
it's beautiful. Hey, I've told you before about win reality, and it can help your little leaguer, your softball player, your college player, heck, even if you're a pro, become better and more disciplined at the plate. It uses a virtual reality system and an application so you can see as many pitches as you want. Fastball, curves, uh, ahead of the count, behind in the count. And the nice thing is you don't have to go to a batting cage. You don't have to have your buddy throw your pitches. You just throw it on, use the application, and off you go. It is so good that some of the pros out there, like Goldschmidt and Judge and Alonzo and even the Oakland A's have ordered it for their entire team. Here's the cool thing. Try to save you money as well. You go to winreality.com, use the code word ROSE, and you get your first month free. Let me repeat that. Use the code word ROSE at winreality.com. First month is free, which is great news for you. And one other thing, parents, if you get it for your little Sparky out there, let them use it. It's so darn special, this virtual reality. You're going to want to throw it on. You're going to be like, yeah, I can hit. I can do this. Stay away. Put it on for like three minutes, then give it back to the kid. We want the child to improve. Okay? Once again, it's win reality, code word, Rose. We will be right back to the Chris Rose rotation after this message from Cushy Dreams. Oh, my God. Poppy loves himself some Cushy Dreams. I know Chris Rose needs it. He's got that... Bum elbow, probably bum knees. He's old. He's weak. He's hurting. He needs cushy dreams, man. That's CBD, baby. Holy smokes. Literally. Smokable CBD. It's good if you're stressed out, anxiety, sore muscles, sore bones, back, knees. Cushy dreams is the best. They've been with us for a while now, and they're staying with us because we love them, man. We love them. They love us. You can do whatever, man. They've got indica, sativas, relax, create, hustle, peace, energy. If you're trying to go up, if you're trying to go down, that's what it's all about. CBD, and it's legal in all 50 states. If you haven't tried it, you need to. You need to. It's awesome. Cushy Dreams. It's cushydreams.com, K-U-S-H-Y, promo code ROSE. 20% off your next order. Look into it, guys. It's good stuff. We love Cushy Dreams. Uh, Again, I keep going back to these words. Do you want to relax? Do you want to create? Do you want to hustle? Do you want peace, energy? Cushy Dreams has the cush for you. Cushydreams.com, promo code ROSE, 20% off your next order. So this is is big news for your family, Trevor, when you sign with the Northsiders, in particular your father. Uh, explain why. Yeah, so he um, grew up on the south side. Um, him and his brother and his mom and um, half-brother, half-sister all grew up on the, the south side of Chicago. My uncle, my, my dad's brother, is a huge Sox fan, White Sox fan. And my dad became a Cubs fan just because his older brother liked the Sox, right? So he huge Cubs fan his entire life. Um, there's countless stories, but the, the one that stuck out to me the most um, when I was younger that he would tell, he would skip, he skipped a week of school to see Ernie Banks hit his 500th homer. And my grandma didn't know because my grandma was working like three jobs. She was never home. So she just assumed her son was at school. Come to find out like seven days later, the school called and said like, hey, where's Rich at? <laughs> he hasn't been at school for the last week and uh, he got grounded for life. Uh, but he got to see Ernie Banks at his 500th homer. So <clears throat> worth it. So, yeah. yeah, worth it. So, so growing up, 
I was, I grew up in San Diego. So like I was a Padres fan. I'm not denying I, I was, but like I, the Chicago Cubs um, were part of my family because of, because of the fandom that my dad had. Um, I still had family that lived, I still have family that live in Chicago. So I would have Cubs onesies that would have Cubs stuff when I was younger. Um, loved the Bulls because you have to when you're when you're growing up in the 90s and you, you know, you got Michael Jordan. And uh, so when I got called to the big leagues as the Pirates, I knew that there was going to be an opportunity to play at Wrigley. And just just that alone was going to be special, knowing that the field that my dad grew up going to, the team that my dad grew up watching, um, just playing there, even as, a, as an opposing team, was going to be uh, something special. And when the opportunity presented itself to be like, hey, the Cubs want to pursue you and the Cubs want you to, to put on the uniform and, and play for it play for us I was it was something that uh it was a really cool full circle moment where um I got to call them and tell them because there were there were a couple other teams that we were deciding on it I called them to let them know the decision that I made and uh, when I told him that I was going to sign with the Cubs he was uh he didn't believe me he was like no way I saw the the video of it but he was he was thrilled and um it's been a real real joy to see him uh, be a kid again at Wrigley as a dad that's awesome. Yeah. That is so cool. And he was there. He had, he was actually scoring your first game, which was a pretty good game to score because you were you were perfect into the sixth, mm-hmm. um, which is so cool. He's sitting there with the old school scorebook, and 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 they actually interviewed him once you came out of the game, and you can just hear the joy of a father in his in his voice. Give a listen to this. This is remarkable. It, it, it won't settle down until this game's over. I'm, I'm wound up like a top. I've been here so many times, and I've watched so many great players play on, get on that mound, and I knew this afternoon my son was going to do it, so I was extremely proud, um, beaming from you know ear to ear, almost like a tear in my eye, but I, I really enjoyed every second of it, and I'm, and, and, and I'm just blessed. I'm, I'm blessed. I keep score, so I, I I knew what was going on. I knew his, I know it, and I, I. But you don't say it. You you know that's that's a jinx. And I, my bro, my two sons are here, and we're just we, and nobody talked about it. But he looked beautiful. Uh, he really did. Uh, get tired at the end, um, but uh, he looked really beautiful uh, to me, at least. I got tired at the end. Rich coming in with the hard <laughs> truth. <laughs> uh, I got tired at the end. I, well, I kind of, I, I kind of knew what was going to happen in 2021. You know, with all these no hitters, I didn't want to be the first to throw it because it's right. not that cool anymore. Yeah, I, it's not that cool anymore. I, the, the pitching into the sixth, you know, with a no hitter is, is cool. I'm not finishing it. Right, right. It's, <laughs> it's, it's actually harder to do to, to purposely choose when oh. to stop oh. throwing the no hitter. Right, exactly. Yep. Stephen, when do you choose to stop throwing it? Usually at the first batter, second, maybe that's usually what I say. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to, I, uh, Trevor, have you ever thrown a no hitter in your entire life? Like at any level? I not a nine inning. I've thrown like a six inning, like a mercy rule. No hitter. Okay. Yeah. As I, I've never, I've never done it. I, uh, I've gotten decently close. You know, I've had a few one hitters. I had a seven inning game where I gave it one hit with two outs in the sixth or in the seventh. So that was a bummer. But no, never, never done it. I don't, I just don't have this stuff, Chris. Okay. It's not that. I'm not I a no hitter kind of guy. Maybe it's a mental thing. Maybe I just can't mm. get over that hurdle. Yeah. Mm. Well, maybe I mean, everybody can be your pitching guru one day and kind of get you over that mountain. We'll yeah, see if I can. That would be really helpful. Thank you. Can, can I circle back? 
for a second yes. to to the interview. It was so yes. great to listen to him in part because people might not know his backstory. He really he didn't think he would be there to see that day, correct? Yeah. So um in 2015, um he was <laughs> the month the month of October in 2015 for my family and I was um something we won't forget. So my my first son was born um October 2nd and um that was crazy in itself because um, first time dad, um, it was first time grandkid for both of our, our my wife and my family. Um, and then two weeks later, we had to move from Florida to Arizona for the fall league, which I'm already pissed about because I'm like, no one really wants to go to the fall league. Honestly, no one really wants to go because it's your off season and you've got to prepare for your season because whatever. So I was mad about that. I was mad that I had to leave after two weeks and fly across the country with a two week old. And then I get to Arizona and then I get shut down immediately because the new regime with the Mar the Marlins didn't told me to stop throwing. So then I'm pissed again. And then find out, come to find out that I'm not throwing because I just got traded. Okay. Cause they were working on the trade for the week. So when that happened, when I got traded, um, the first thing I do is call up my dad and, um, he didn't answer and he always answers his phone or calls me back immediately. He didn't answer. Um, I said, left him a message said, call me back whenever you get a second. Um, told my, told my wife, told everyone else I got traded and my dad didn't call me till like four or five hours later. And he said, Hey, uh, what's up? Sounded weird. I said, Hey, I just got traded to the, uh, the pirates. And he goes, wow. Okay. That's great. And I said, where were you today? Like, why, why didn't you answer your phone? I said, well, I was at the, uh, the VA today at the hospital and um, I was getting something cut out. I had like a tumor or something. And so he then found out that night and um, called me later saying like, found out I have um, cancer. Like I have lymphoma. I have um, double B cell lymphoma. So he's a, uh, he is a lawyer. He's a trained, um, he knows how to work his words. He knows how to um, get points across and he knows how to withhold information that you don't need to withhold or that you don't need to tell. And um, when he found out, he was told by the, the doctor, he was given like 30 to 60 days to live. And um, I had no idea um, until we knew it was bad. We knew it was stage four, but we didn't know it was like 30 to 60 days. So um, find that out. Um, I then make the fall league all-star game. Um, and he comes out and my grandma's out there, his mom, and he said he was going to tell her, but he couldn't tell her like he didn't, he didn't want to tell her. He just wanted to like enjoy a, a nice family time. And, um, he got to meet our son, uh, for the first time. And, um, so that was, so that was sad. And then it was miracle after miracle after miracle. And he, um, recovered. And when I made my debut, um, well, all of 2016, he was going through chemo and radiation and it was just, he was sick. He was getting better. He was sick. He was getting better, but he kept pushing on past that 30 day mark, that 60 day mark, the 90 day mark. And this entire time in 2016 was um, everyone was getting called up. Everyone on that team. Steven was there. Like Steven, I think was the first. The uh, the first. Chad, Chad and JMO went up before me. So, but like everyone on that indie team was getting called. There was like 12 or 13 and everyone was getting called up except for me. Right. <laughs> except for me. And I was like, I was pitching well. And I knew that like my dad was on limited time and I wanted him, you know, to see me make my debut. And, it's, it's, it's funny to look back now because as humans, you want to be able to control everything and know like this is the perfect timing for everything. But there was always a piece 
knowing whenever I would like sit back and reflect and be like, like, why aren't I getting called up? And there's always a piece of like, don't wait, like, or don't worry. Like the time will be perfect when it happens. And, um, got called up in September and, um, made my debut, got, uh, went in my first, got, uh, went in my debut, um, out of the bullpen. And, um, that's why that, that, that moment where we hugged and embraced was so raw and emotional aside from, you know, a son making his debut and getting a win, it was, we didn't really think he was going to get to that moment um, um, and be alive for it. So um, a couple of weeks after that, I made my debut, he found out, he found out he was cancer free and he has been cancer free since. Um, and everything, his mood has changed, his, everything has changed since his diagnosis. Cause now he's like, there's a lot of more important things in my life than X, Y, and Z. And he just wants to be by his grandbabies. He wants to watch baseball and he wants to be there for, for my brothers and I. So um, it's been really cool. And for him to, for him to see me in a Cubs uniform um, while he's still here on earth is, is really special. It's amazing. Yeah. Steven, did you know he was going through all this? Not at the time. No, he, uh, Trevor kind of told us uh, like a little bit, you know, but not very much. Uh, we, we figured all this out uh, the next year, I think, in, in 17 mm-hmm. is when, you know, uh, after everything had come through and his dad was doing well and everything, that was when Trevor felt more comfortable sharing it. And I think that, you know, we had a we so we've had some some good moments. Uh, there's there's one time I specifically remember. So my dad, my dad um, and Rich, you know, they the Pirates would do a, like a dad's trip. Right. So all the dads would come. And one year it was in Philly. I think it was in 18. And, uh, my dad and Trevor's dad were sitting at the hotel bar and, you know, having drinks. And we were, uh, the four of us were hanging out and we're like, all right, you know, we got to get up in the morning. We'll see you guys for breakfast, whatever. And, and leave the next morning, I come down to have breakfast at 9am. And my dad is an early riser, early to bed, early rise. And he is just bloodshot eyes, just like, uh, and I'm like, geez, what happened to you? And he's like, me and Rich stayed up to like 4am drinking in the hotel bar. I'm like, damn, I didn't know you did that. And he's like, I haven't done that in so long. <laughs> it's so <laughs> funny. It was so good. But I always, whenever I think about Rich, I think I always say his, my description of him is that he's just an emotional wreck. He always is. He's just, yeah. he is, uh, he's, he's a really funny guy. He's a lot of fun. He's very wise. Um, but also he, you know, all because of that video of him just <laughs> crying, it, it always makes me laugh because he's just so genuinely happy, you know, and it's just right. so cool. So, um, but yeah, good family, good people. God, that's great. I mean, I remember seeing this video. And you with obviously your little baby there. And you're, I mean, just look at the look on your dad's face. I get, I get teary eyed watching my freshman pitch a varsity game. I can't imagine what the heck it's like yeah. watching your son on a major league field. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it was very, it was a really raw night, very emotional. And um, it's something that I'm never going to forget. My family's never going to forget. And I always say like, if that was the only moment I got at the big leagues, then by all means, it was every mm-hmm. workout, every driving to every game, like everything was worth it, even if it's just for that one moment. And uh, thankfully I've, I've had some more moments um, at the big league level, but, but that is by far the, uh, the, the best moment that I've had on a baseball field. 
See, oh. the main thing I noticed about that video is that Trevor's clean shaven. Yeah, it was right. so <laughs> weird to see. Because the Pirates was, used yeah. to make you be clean shaven uh, in the minor leagues. So since he had just come up, he was clean shaven. And I also remember from that that the first batter was it Yachty was the first hitter, right? That you faced. Yeah, he was the first hitter. And he hit a fly ball to center that just clanked off Mar I think it was Marte's glove. No, it was Adam Frazier. It was in my oh, first big league right. pitch. I've had nightmares about this. Okay. <laughs> my first big league pitch was an E9, like fly yeah. ball E9. It goes from a one pitch, <laughs> one out to a one pitch man on second. But it's it's cool. Like you, you now you work backwards, right? I came into the game um and we were up by one run. And um I just said, here, Trevor, go do it. You've never been a reliever before, but here, go, go, go fill some innings for us. Like, all right. So if that ball didn't fall, that run wouldn't have scored and I wouldn't have gotten that win. Right. Uh -huh. So that run scored and it tied the game and it was on uh, Roberto Clemente night. So I like to think that he was out there and just swatted it out of Adam's glove to know that like Trevor's <laughs> going to get a win tonight so he can share this moment with his dad. So, um, it, it's cool. If it, it, I've had nightmares before I made my debut, like, What's the worst that can happen? Oh, yeah, first pitch E9. And then it happened, and I go, no, 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 no. <laughs> but uh, but everything ended up working out good, and it was uh, it was really uh, a great night for us. Can we get back to the stupid uh, no facial hair rule? That's the second straight time. Giolito told me the same thing about the Nationals. Like, he is this fresh-faced kid. He's now got the, the scruffy beard with the White Sox, but he's like, yeah, we weren't allowed to do it back then. So, oh, we have video. Oh, we do have video. We have video. Oh, here we go. Nice pitch, Trev, right down the middle. Right now, center like, cut. Like 90, <laughs> 95 center cut. Oh, uh, that's why Frazier is uh, at second base now and perennially a gold glove top three nominee. <laughs> we like that. We like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, wait, what were you what were you asking about? I, the I was asking shaving. about the stupid facial hair rule. Why can't you guys just yeah. be whoever you are? Wait, what is the know. idea? Like you almost fall in line. What is it? Basically, uh, yeah. I think it's uniform, yeah. Yeah, but okay, I mean, we're just going to call out our teams and the Yankees still do it in the big leagues. So, I, I'm with you. You know, I, I, I don't get we it. You used to have to wear pants up too. So it was pants up, you know, to the knee, the long socks, and then we had to be clean shaven. You couldn't have hair like past, you know, like your hairline, basically. Mm. So my hair would be okay. Trevor's hair would most definitely not. Those you can't have tattoos locks. either. No tattoos. <laughs> no, no visible no, tattoos. <laughs> I was going to say, we doing this I'm one? Just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I had, I had a minor league umpire ask me one time to take my sleeve off. And I go, are you, are you serious? <laughs> like, are you, are you stupid? <laughs> are you stupid? Yeah, you're stupid. Okay. No, this stupid. is a tattoo, sir. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I did it that bad. That's really bad. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God, that's great. We will be right back to the Chris Rose rotation. Ooh, right after this message from Draft Kings. It's playoff time. Oh my God, NBA playoffs are full tilt right now. So what is DraftKings doing? Bigger stakes, bigger promotions. That's the deal. DraftKings Sportsbook is putting you courtside with your chance to turn five dollars. In a 200. Do you like that? $5 turn into 200. 40 to 1 odds on any basketball team. All you have to do, pick any team that is still in the hunt for the trophy, and if that team wins, you'll receive $200 in free credit. That's right. Any team that is still in contention, $5, and if that team wins, you cash $200. Jeez, that's free money. 
DraftKings Sportsbook. And if you're not a hoopster, how about baseball? How about hockey? Hockey playoffs, how about that? Baseball's still rolling, and DraftKings is always safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. It's safe. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code ROSE when you sign up to turn $5 into $200 in free credits. Bet on the basketball team of your choice to win their next game. If they do, you can claim $200 in free credits. That's nuts. That's promo code ROSE for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, or PA only. New customers only. Wager paid out in site credits. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Let's go. You know what? Why don't we get to some rules and unwritten rules? And we've had some weird stuff happening in baseball yet again. Were either of you offended that you're mean Mercedes in a blowout? Swung at a 3-0 pitch against a position player who was throwing 47 miles an hour, Stephen. Okay, so I the fact so I saw this and I didn't see it when it happened. I saw it the next morning, and and I was and I watched the video before I found out that people were that some people were upset about it, and I watched the video and was just like and like giggled like huh, look at that that's hilarious like 3-0 count you know 47 miles an hour. But then I found out people were getting upset and I was like, why are people getting upset? If, if anything, it's a position player pitching. The last thing that you want is for him to be walking people, walking people. Yes. That's literally the last thing you want. So you want him swinging three out. The chances he hits a home run are much lower than the chances of like, if he takes that pitch and then the next pitch is like way outside in the dirt or whatever, like, I, I don't get it. Like that pitch could have been the next pitch. And now we're just dealing with walks, you know? And like, that's so much worse. And who cares if you put a position player to pitch, uh, all bets are off. In my opinion, no matter what unwritten rules you think there are in normal baseball. Once you put in a position player, you've thrown up the white flag here, score as many runs as you can. You know, every offensive player is going to try to take that time to get themselves an extra knock, maybe hit a Homer, whatever to boost your numbers. Cause that's exactly what you should be doing. That's like us facing pitchers. You want to strike out the pitchers that you face because that helps you boost your strikeout numbers. It's the same thing. And I think that the fact that people got upset about this and then actually seeing LaRusso's comments, I was like, am I on a different planet? Like w- when did position player pitching have rules at all? Like, was this a thing before? I, I don't think so. Trev. To hit out a 47 mile an hour pitch is impressive. I mean, I, I like that's impressive <laughs> to hit it over the fence is like, that's, that's hard to do. And it's, I, <laughs> I just don't believe that people are mad about it. I, I don't, I really don't. I think this is all a joke. And I think this isn't serious. Um, <laughs> someone that someone's actually mad about this. I would like but, to have you known that Trevor also thinks that the NBA is actually a, a rigged and it's all scripted and set up. So, you know, Take it with a grain of salt. Oh, so but weird. He's right. So weird. Yeah. So weird. Who's in the? Who got into the playoffs after that? On that playing game. That's so strange. But he, he's right. <laughs> he is right. They've so been weird. doing this ever since they fixed Patrick Ewing going into the Knicks in 1985, <laughs> where they froze the card and bent the corner. I, I am a hundred percent on that train, Trevor. I'm with you. Yeah. Mm. The the script the script got leaked for 2022. It's somewhere on the internet right now. So we gotta <laughs> go search for it. <laughs> um, but I, I, I mean, I mean, it's. 
I don't believe that people were mad about. I, I really don't. The, the same thing about um, last year with Tatis swinging 3-0, like he could have easily hit into a double play or he could have easily lined out at someone. Like it's, it's, it, I just don't understand why people are mad about certain things. There are certain things to be mad about by all means. Um, this, that's not one of them. Like really what? Give me a, give me a, for instance, is it stealing up 10? Is that one? Yeah. Like, yeah, that's, 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 we're tagging. Like, I don't know. Uh, that like mad, like relatively mad, right? Like not like pissed where you're going to throw behind someone, but like, don't steal the game's over, right? Like don't defensive indifference. The game's over. Like, I don't know. I don't know. But to me, this would this would have blown over. It just would have been another incident of somebody, another team being pissed off that they got blown out and somebody swung 3-0, except it was Tony La Russa calling out his player the next day before the game. He called Yermin Mercedes, who's 28 years old. He called him clueless. Now, if, if your manager calls one of your teammates clueless publicly, aren't you pissed off, Steven? Yeah, I mean, that's it's not that breaks, in my opinion, that kind of breaks all of the clubhouse protocol stuff. Like, even if even if you think he's clueless and he's wrong, I feel like that's something you have a private conversation about Mm -hmm. and you just kind of move past the question. However, you have to in, you know, in the press conference. But yeah, dude, I couldn't. This is crazy to me. I, I never I never thought I would see. Tony LaRusso say, say these things. I didn't know he felt that way. Honestly, I just, I, I guess it's just a, you know, a remnants of baseball past that, uh, that are still hanging around, but I, I didn't even, I didn't even know this was a thing anyway. So confusing to be sure. I, I, I hope Tony LaRusso is just in on the meme and this is all one big joke because that, that I, I really don't believe it. I, I, I don't believe that anyone's mad about this. Uh, but it, it, it is a tough look, and it, it was surprising to hear that. And, uh, I mean, I'm sure they're having conversations behind closed doors in that White Sox clubhouse, I'm sure. Um, and will it happen again? I, I really hope not. Will it, like, will it happen with Tony La Russa saying that in front of a camera, in front of media? I, I really hope not. I don't think it will, but it's, it's something that was um, eye-opening to, to hear that. But he also put his player in danger. When he said before yeah. game two – he said he was clueless. That, that word gets over to the twins somehow. I mean, they, they're paying attention. Somebody is over there. And I, I think it probably riled them up more than I had heard that there were players that they were like, what's the big deal? Who cares? So he gave up a home run. It's not that big a deal. Well, then, you know, a reliever throws behind Mercedes the next night and Larusa defends the twins. Like, that's where I would have a problem if I were a member of the Chicago White Sox and I've never put on a major league uniform. I would have stormed into his office the next day. I would have shut the door. I would have said, what the fuck's going on? Like, how could you do that? I have the respect of you. You are a Hall of Fame manager, but you just got our guy thrown at. Do those discussions happen or am I way off base here, Stephen? Oh, yeah, of course. Of course they happen. But But you also have to realize, like, not only did, you know, I wouldn't, I don't know if necessarily what LaRusso said was the reason that they threw behind him. Um, okay. I, I think it's, that's something that's always decided on by the player themselves, you know, like, oh, I'm defending my team or whatever they think they're doing. Um, revenge to me is a very strange reason to try to hit somebody like that. That's always odd for me because it could just be over. We could just move on. Um, and that's just a decision that you have to make. 
But then also afterwards, dude, when he said that, you know, he understood their reaction or whatever he said, dude, that blew my mind. Because now you're saying it's okay to throw at your players, which how could you ever say that it's okay to throw at one of my players? You know, like this is that's that's completely backwards. No matter what you say after you could say, yeah, he's clueless because that's a dumb thing to do. We're going to have a conversation about it and make sure it doesn't happen again moving forward. Okay. But then after he gets thrown at, it should be, the reaction should always be, that's not okay. No matter what the situation is, it's not mm-hmm. okay. You threw it at one of my players, it's not okay. So I, I hated that. I actually, like, outwardly hated that. I, I, can we applaud Tyler Duff, Duff, Duffrey, Duffney? Duffy. Can we applaud him? Can we applaud him for missing? You know, you know what I yeah. mean? Like if, if he got that call saying like, Hey, hit him. And he's like, I have to, cause that's what I, that's what I'm being told. And I'm like, I'm not going to smoke him. You could easily throw behind someone and send a message, but like, you, I applaud him for not hitting him. Cause that, if that, if that fell upon me and I'm not mad about this fake thing, I'm going to miss, but I'm going to send a message, but I'm going to know I'm going to miss because I don't want to hurt you over something that, Hey, I don't want to hurt anybody ever, but like, I don't want to like send a message. I want to send a message without putting someone in danger. Yeah. We saw Bryce Harper get hit in the face. We saw Kevin Pillar look like he was in a car wreck. And get yep. hit in the face. Listen, you guys are amazing at what you do, but that's all you have to know. I know. Yeah, there's actual real danger when you're standing in the box when people throw as hard as they do. Like it's just it's just true. So like you're also in danger standing on the mound. You know, you yep. see pitchers get line drives hit back at them and like that's just as bad, if not worse, because it's harder off the bat. Yeah, but, but nobody's intentionally trying to hit you exactly. on the mound. Right. right. I mean, right. it's just, I don't know how as a White Sox player, you can feel good about your manager. Like, the guy is supposed to have your back. And he went, he didn't only not have your back, he protected the other team. And that's why it became, it went from this, oh, he, he hit a home run on a 47-mile-an-hour pitch to a story we can't stop talking about. Yeah. That's why. And it, like, that's going to be the, that was the question when they hired LaRusso in the off season. How is he going to relate to a young, excitable team? That's got personality. You don't think that Tim Anderson is having, you know, talks with other guys in the locker room right now saying, what is he doing? Yeah. What? Like, I, I feel like there's a lot of uh, that, you know, that meme with the guy standing there, like, and the question marks yeah. over his head. I feel like that's just all over the place because it is for me. So I don't know, man. I don't know. That's it's just it doesn't seem like something that you should do okay. as a manager. But he's yeah, I don't know. He's been a manager for like 145 years or something like that. So who knows? All right. All I, I want to get your opinion on something that came out uh, in The Athletic, a major article talking about pitchers using foreign substances to grip the ball and we've heard a lot of talk about it but guys haven't put their name on it and now some active players have including a catcher and a really good one in jt real muto of the phillies he said listen i think the substance issue is real i would just crack down on the substances they use on their hands you see pitchers out there all game long doing this touching his mitt they're not doing anything about it i think if they crack down on it that would honestly help the offense a lot you know, get the ball in play, et cetera, et cetera. Is it a major problem right now, Trevor? There's, there's a couple thoughts on this. Um, 
if they're going to have a rule in place enforce it because there, there are blatant this there is blatant like there's there's blatant like i'm getting pine tar and putting it on my hand there's there's a couple argument the argument that we need the pitchers need pine tar or sticky substances to not hit you is a gross argument that 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 holds no weight that the guys are getting hit at a, a, a crazy rate so like to say that you need stick to not hit a, a person is that argument doesn't work what needs to happen is the balls for whatever reason this year and last year are, are dusty. I don't know if they're just, they're in the pockets of the umpires, the rosin mix they're using is different. They, they are dusty and they have a different feel. Um, when it is cold, it is hard to grip the baseball. Um, does rosin and rosin helps you grip a ball when you have some sort of moisture to go with it, like sweat um, that helps you grip the ball with rosin. When it's cold and you just have rosin, that turns into a cue ball, and you have it's hard to grip. It's it really is. Um, does that mean I'm going to let one that has the potential to sail? Maybe, but to say that we need we need a certain sticky substance to um, so we don't hit batters. That, that argument doesn't work for me. Sunscreen and rosin is absurdly sticky, and you you're telling me why I can't wear. I can't protect my body from these harmful UV rays. Like, yes, I'm going to put sunscreen on my arm and I'm going to put rosin where I'm at. But like pine tar is less sticky than sunscreen and rosin. It is. Um, The stuff that that some guys are using that's like ceramic cement, (laughs) that, that shouldn't be, that is, illegal right i think what needs to happen is there some sort of mix that like you can use x y or z and you can use some sort of that mix um whether a lot or a little just to make it just to blanket it because the rosin really isn't working with how the i don't know if it's the balls or what it is but they just feel different the last couple years um when it's cold you you just you need to find a way to put tack on your hands so that they don't turn into cue balls um, but if you're, if you're, if you have this substance that isn't pine tar or sunscreen or rosin or whatever it is, and you're actively going to that, so you can turn your 2,500 slider into a 29 or 3000 slider for that one pitch, that is cheating, right? Like that is, that is an athletic advantage that is cheating. And a lot of guys um, are doing that. Just if you watch a pitcher all game, you will find out where he has it. You will find out where he sticks it. A good, a good hiding spot, which is hard to pick up because you're always looking at your glove, is on the inside part of your thumb because you're always there. And you're if you're looking at the ball, it's an easy spot. But everyone has their spots under the belt, hat. Um, I mean, rosin mixed with sweat. Like I said, a lot of guys have rosin on their hat because rosin mixed with sweat gives you that tack that is legal, that they provide that rosin for you to increase your grip. But that works in the summertime when it's hot, when it's cold, that rosin is detrimental to you trying to get grip on that baseball. Um, is it is it a huge problem? It becomes a huge problem when you've got the guys that are throwing fastballs exclusively at the top of the zone. And there's a lot of errant ones up and in. Um, there's, I mean, there's there's other arguments you can make too. Like, as starting pitchers, Stephen and I, you go over 
scouting reports and you you want to know where guys high swing and misses. If a guy's got high swing and miss percentage up and in, as a pitcher, you want to attack that when you know you need to get a swing and miss, right? Sometimes when you go down and away, you miss over the middle, meaning so sometimes if I miss up and in, it's going to go arm side. Um, should you live there like some guys do? If you can't live there, then it becomes a problem. And if you say you need sticky to live there, I don't really buy that argument. I don't think that's I don't think that's a good argument. But um, I think there needs to be some sort of something other than rosin and sunscreen and rosin. Because like if you if if you've never done sunscreen and rosin, next time you go to the field, load up your hand with uh, sunscreen and then just grab that rosin bag and you'll be like, this is insane. <laughs> like this is way too much <laughs> because you you could just it's I don't know it, that that's what I those are my thoughts on it. Yeah, I so there's like. You know, they have all the numbers on that article on The Athletic about like spin rate going up and everything. And I, I think the most important thing, there's there's going to be higher spin right now because people are just generally throwing harder and, you know, working on stuff from an earlier age and doing it more often, all that stuff. But the the thing that's concerning is the jumps in like, like you know, an off season. You know what I mean? Like if you're going from... Like Trevor said, if I've got a 2,500 spin rate slider and I come in next year and now it's 3,100, how did you get your spin rate up? Well, I, you know, I really focused on my arm path and my, yeah, no, no, you didn't. You're using stick. Like that's, that's what happened. And the problem is that it's because we have rosin and because sunscreen is allowed and because that has existed for forever, there's like a, there's like this baseline of allowed stuff, you know, like they, they give you rosin to use. So then it's people are just like, okay, well I'm using rosin to make sure that I, I, I have good tack. Okay. Well, but pine tar is a little bit better. So I'll use that. And now people are going on the internet and buying like what he said, like ceramic cement or whatever. Um, and it's like glue. And, you know, that was like they, in that report, they talk about having baseballs come out where there's like literally like strings of glue coming off the ball. And that's not okay. Cause that's cheating. It's cheating. It's, it's, I, I hate, I hate it, but also it's funny. Cause it's like, you know, it's like the gateway, the gateway stick rosin and then rosin and sunscreen and then pine tar and then whatever else people are using. Um, but I, I just, I think it's weird. Like I, they're going to have to crack down on it. The problem is how do you do it? It has to be, it has to be an off season. Here's the rule. Everybody's going to follow it. If you see it in the clubhouse and you don't say anything about it and it gets found out, the manager is going to get fined and the player is going to get fined. And that means that the manager is going to have to start enforcing it. And that's how it'll happen. When they, when they came out in spring training with the, we're going to start taking baseballs. Everyone knew no one's going to get in trouble. No, no one's going to get in trouble with this. No matter what, like if, I'm going to be really surprised if someone gets in trouble this year because they found something on your baseball that they took out of a game because you just can't enforce it. It's, it's an optic thing. And right. if they, if they were to, to clean it up and show it to us in the off season and say, this was going to happen, then, then good. But to say that I'll get balls back after a ground out and be like, there's pine tar on this. Do I throw this in? Because now it's mine. There's pine tar because I threw a sinker on a guy's hands and he went like this and he hit it off the pine tar spot on his back. Mm-hmm. So when I throw this in, it's like, this is Trevor's baseball that now I'm throwing in, but there's pine tar all over it. So like, what do I just chuck it into the stands and be like, I don't want anybody <laughs> looking at this ball because, because I don't want to get in trouble for that because we knew like 
this is unenforceable. So there, yeah. there needs to be a way and there just needs to be. And I think that's why they're taking baseballs out. I think they're trying to get a baseline they're, of data. They're collecting so they know, data. Like, yeah. yeah. They're yeah. not, they're not going to enforce this. No one's going to get in trouble this year unless you Michael Pineda and do something dumb. Just like a whole glob of pine tar on your neck. Yeah. Just, yeah. That was one of the most absurd things I've ever seen. It just it like, was, it was silly. It, it was, was like, so funny on, when they like show it on TV and, and, and it's just like, Wow, that's a very, very shiny patch of skin. Like, incredibly shiny patch of skin. And then the umpire just comes up and is just like, dude, get out of here. What are you doing? <laughs> it was just like, there's no way. He thought he was actually going to get away with that. Oh, my God. It's crazy. Oh, man. that's All right. Well, guys, thanks for your honesty. <clears throat> we appreciate the insight. Uh, Trevor, I don't know um, if Anthony Rizzo was using anything on his breaking ball against Freddie Freeman that day. But has he brought it up like every day since striking out the MVP? Every day, uh, every single day, and it's it's it was funny because like like this this is funny. The pitcher is or the position player is pitching, and he struck out a, a position player. So like the counter arguments, what we're talking about of like a three, you can't swing three zero. Like is Freddie not supposed to swing 0-2? Like are you not supposed to strike out against a position player? Like what's the what's the inverse of that argument? Because this is this is insane. But yes, he has been brought, brought it up and he did bring it up saying like, I did this with no sticky. So in your guys' face, it's possible. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not a bad breaking ball. It's very slow, obviously, but you know, it's got, it's got some, some hump to it, you know, low and away. It's a good, it's, it's a good gravity ball. Good gravity ball. Good gravity ball, ball man. <laughs> I think he actually spun it the opposite way that he wants it to spin and gravity <laughs> literally just pulled it down there, but Hey, it works. That see, that's fun. See the game. Look, the game's out of reach. A position player is pitching in this in the seventh inning. Uh, the, I know this is a seven inning game, so that's different. But um, people are having fun because the game's over. The game's over essentially once you put in a position player, right? So my buddy and I were actually John, yeah, John, who huh. came on the show last time. We were talking about this, and he and he was saying, you know, if we're trying to speed up games, then why, like, why do you have to? Why are we going to put bizarre? bogus rules unwritten rules around putting in a position player when it's just like fuck it we lost it's 13 to 0 in the eighth inning we quit like we don't need to waste any more pitchers you don't need to waste any more pitchers we can move on and it's like why not just do that if we're so concerned with all this ridiculous stuff you know well we talked steven we talked about this like extreme baseball rules but what would you change about and this will never this will never happen. But like, if, let's say we're up 10 to nothing and we don't want to hit anymore. We'll just, we'll, we'll get nine outs in a row and we can stop Ooh. at every three out, every three out increments. Right. So like if it's the seventh inning and be like, we're good hitting, we'll take a two minute break and then we'll go for three outs. And if we want to stop and hit, we'll stop after three outs. If not, we'll get three outs, stop for two minutes. I like it. Six outs. I love outs, this rule. Game's over. But the, Our... the, the position players hitting aren't going to be stoked, right. but That'll speed the game up and it'll save arms. It'll save like, just be like, oh, we don't need to hit anymore. We're okay. We'll get nine outs in a row. Yeah, we did, a, we did a podcast at one point about our extreme baseball league rules If because it was when the um, XFL was coming back. Mm. So we were talking about like, okay, if we made it uh, extreme baseball, you know, what would we do? Um, and that was actually really fun because my, my, one of my personal favorites that I did was um, – that there's no such thing as weather delays or postponements or anything you play in it you play in whatever it is it's just like oh, a great. different game the it's insurance like football the insurance overriders are 
living over in their graves on this one. This but okay. is called, it's called extreme baseball. Extreme okay. baseball. We also had no foul balls. Anything no, that you put, hit. Put like nets in, everywhere. No foul balls. So like in cricket. Yeah. yeah. Anywhere I'll you hit it. it, balls, balls in play. I'm in. Um, we also played if you if you decide to round home and go back to first, you can do that. And first base would be once again a force out if you didn't like if you couldn't make it in time. So like if you I score become a force out though, that should now be a tag out. If you have scored a run, I'm I'm with you. Why? Oh, it's just restarting, just restarting the but the he process. has to make it back to first before anybody gets him out. Well, yeah, but that's like, you know, you're on third base. A guy hits a double in the gap. You just go all the way to first. Mm, Okay. You don't have to do it, but it's like, like you know, it's like uh, in real baseball when you run through first and the ball goes by. If you commit to going, then you can get tagged out. Right. It'd be the same idea. Okay. Do you like starting with a 2-1 count? No. Why would I want to do that? Boo. In college, we always did 1-1. Yeah. Hey, you want to, here's, here's, this is a pitcher talking. Okay. I got my pitcher hat on. You want to speed the game up, make that strike zone huge. Okay. Get guys swinging and make the strike zone huge. We're thrown into a shoebox right now. And if you, that's where there's a lot of takes. That's where there's a lot of two, two counts, three, two counts. Cause it's a shoebox. Then why the hell are there so many strikeouts? Stick. <laughs> Stick. <laughs> but no, because, but make, because make people it, make are nasty. Get guys swinging. Yeah, people are so nasty. Dude, I, so this exhibit wasn't on a, the schedule. Exhibit A, Anthony Rizzo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this wasn't on the, the schedule for the podcast, but I feel like since it just happened, we have to talk about the Palm Beach Cardinals tweeting about Jacob DeGrom <laughs> pitching against them. That was absolutely hilarious. It was great. dude. But imagine I, being a 19-year-old kid down there in low A. I mean, what an opportunity of a lifetime to pitch against oh. one of the best that's so cool. And you get, to, swing you, get hard. To, you get to, yeah, you swing as hard as you can and you punch out and you can just go. Yeah. Dude. If you're, if you're the, the high a um, hitting coach for the Palm Beach Cardinals, like, do you even have a meeting with your team? <laughs> like, Hey, we're going to, we're going to work them to two Hang strikes today. <laughs> yeah. Like, Hey guys, the game gonna... starts in the fourth inning. That's what you say. <laughs> have fun in the first three. Those, those don't count. Nobody cares what happens. If you hit a Hummer, that'd be awesome. You're not going to, but. You might you swing as hard as you can. Dude, he oh was throwing he's throwing 102. He's letting people steal third because he does not care. I love it's just amazing. It's it's truly amazing. Sometimes people go down and get get shellacked on their rehab starts because because it's just not the same. And those hitters are ready to go. Um, no, not him. Are you kidding me? He could have, he could be pitching against a beer league softball team and he's gonna throw hundred. He's gonna do it. Have either of you f- stepped in against DeGrom? Mm-mm. I have. And I have, and I'm glad I didn't have the bunt. <laughs> I'm really glad I didn't have the bunt. Did you punch? Um, I'm sure I did. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure I did. Really bad hey, I've, 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 I've got 17 hits. <laughs> I'm a 200 hitter right now. Okay. I got, I'm a 200 hitter. Wow. I'm, I'm one of, one of my last one. I'm, I'm swinging the bat pretty well right now. I, you know why? Cause <laughs> I, I take, I take BP with Jake area every day. And that is some impressive BP. Oh yeah. He can do So it. I'm trying to, I'm trying to keep up and we, we choose the right days to take BP on the field at Wrigley. We'll look at the flag and be like, ah, today's a good day to take BP. Yeah. <laughs> Wind's blowing in. Uh, today's a good day to bunt. Hey, my, my third, done. My third major league start was against Jake Arrieta in Chicago when he, that was the year he won the Cy Young. No, he won it in 15. Yeah. Um, 
but it was in 16 when they won the world series in like late August and a Friday night game in Wrigley of all things. And uh, like 50,000 people there, I was shitting my pants and Jake Arietta had a 14 pitch about against yeah. 14 <laughs> pitches. And I eventually struck him out with a slider, but he fouled off so many fastballs and every pitch, like after pitch, like seven, the whole crowd is on their feet screaming. And I'm just like, I hope he doesn't hit a home run. Cause if he hits a home run, it's going to like the stadium is going to collapse. It's going to collapse. He's still got a full on standing ovation after I struck him out. So it was pretty cool. I think he pitched another game a Friday afternoon. We were supposed to come on after the pirates Cubs game. It was like a ridiculously high scoring game. And, you know, intentional talk gets pushed off the air. If it's after like five 30 Eastern, like they put on MLB tonight early and you didn't, let's just say you didn't have one of your better games. Are you talking about when I gave up 10 runs? Yes, that one. Yeah, yeah. That was a fun one. I really enjoyed that. That was I was screaming at the TV. I was like, Brault, I love you, buddy. Can you get some outs here so we could actually do some television? See, that was one of those days I decided to give up the no-hitter uh, after the first hitter. <laughs> Good callback. Good callback. Yeah, thank you. All right. Uh, two quick things before we let you go, Trevor, because I know you have a day job. Brault just gets to do whatever in Bradenton. Go I actually have, a, I have an off day today. I literally have nothing. I'm going to start drinking wine here pretty soon. Perfect. Serve, serve it up. Um, all right. This, this is the wheel of moderately interesting things. So we've got uh, some new categories, Stephen. You'll be hey. excited to know. Uh, doggy style, I think, is new. Trippin'. Hot friend. <laughs> to go along with paper trail and job fair. So here we go. I, I'm excited. <laughs> what? Who's <laughs> along for the ride? Yeah. No, I, I have no idea what's going on either. So friend. Hot friend. What do you think, Stephen? What do you think hot friend is? Uh, who's your hottest friend? <laughs> no, that would be way too easy. It's uh, how do you like your your coffee or your tea? What do you what do you order up? Oh, actually, Trevor's a very good person to ask this. Um, I I usually just go coffee pot black, um, and I, uh, I nothing special. I don't <laughs> I don't like do a pour over. I don't do French press. I do that if there are other people around who want fancy coffee. Uh-huh. But I'm a it's just sitting in the pot ready to go whenever I want it. That's it. that's the way I do it. Trevor? Uh like black coffee, like doing pour overs, like doing um, the French press. If it's hot out, love the iced coffee. Um, big one, big one of the off season was the oat milk latte. Really big fan of that one. Um, hey, yeah, you got me on that. That is that's good stuff. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good little creaminess to it. But um, I think I think I made you coffee every day during the off season. Yeah, I will say this is little uh call out to somebody else who are we are good friends with chad cool uh after living with him this year found out he's a huge nighttime tea drinker had no idea hmm. he had one every night earl gray chamomile Cam- chamomile i believe it was yeah, <laughs> chamomile. Chamomile. and i think he probably hates that i'm saying this in a public forum but i mean don't drink tea all the time if you don't want me to Big say you drink tea all the time does he put it in a teacup oh yeah his, his mug everything yeah he loves wait it. mug or teacup Oh no no mug! I don't, how do you? Dude, we were in an Airbnb. I mean, <laughs> you play in the odds that there's a teacup there. You know, you never know. You never you know. Never it know. is in Florida, so pretty high okay. chance. And then the last thing we always do on this show is Mrs. Rose's homework assignment. Trevor, I know you're a big avid viewer and listener of the Chris Rose Rotation. Not really, 
But uh, Mrs. Rose, my wife, was a um, was an elementary school teacher back in the day. So she gives our guys a homework assignment. And so, Stephen, how'd you do on your homework assignment? I'm sorry, Mrs. Rose. I did not go to the beach in the last two weeks. I um, I kind of, you know, I just I procrastinated and then then it got cloudy. And then and then there, I just I didn't do it. And this is this is bad. I feel terrible. I think that brings my average grade down quite a bit because I had a few A's. Now I got a solid fat F. Or an incomplete. Mrs. Incomplete. Rose is pretty lenient. As long as your name is not Chris Rose, she will allow you <laughs> leniency. With nice. stuff. So do you think you can make it to the beach over the next two weeks? Oh, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, I'll do it. How, do, do, how do you not go to the beach? You've got <laughs> nothing to do. Because there's a pool right next to my house. So I just go there instead of going to the, dude, the beach here. Okay. I will say this until the day I die. The beaches here are better than San Diego. Okay. They are. They're warmer. Words. They're warmer. The sand is way better. The water is warmer. The only problem is that they are so crowded all the time, miserably crowded all the time. San Diego, there's, you can have some privacy on the beach. Here, yeah, there's, there's no COVID ridiculous. in Florida. There's, there's no, no COVID. yeah, there's no COVID. In Florida. It doesn't <laughs> exist here, dude. It's crazy. Have wow. you ever gone to the beach with them, Trevor? Oh yeah, oh yeah, we're beachgoers. And how's brawled at the beach? He must. Uh, he's fine. He's he would think he's a boogie boarder. You would think he's a guy that body surfs, but he kind of just chills. Uh-huh. He's just a sit in the sand and put your toes just in the chill. sand kind of guy. Does Get he your white bring- claws and. Does he ever bring a guitar, start singing, and then all the chicks <laughs> no. just come flocking? I want to no. see that. Dude, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not the acoustic guitar drum circle guy. I can't do it. I hate drum it. Circle. Okay. You just got to give him a microphone, and then it's, then it's game over. Yeah, like this. Ah! Perfect. Yeah. Trevor, it was great catching up with you, man. It really was fun. Good seeing you. I'm happy that you're in, in such a good place with, with your family and everything, and, and they're Thanks on the north lot. side of town. Thanks a lot. It's good seeing you guys. Appreciate the uh, inviting me on, and it's been real. Hey, are, by the you, way, wait, are you in St. Louis right now? Did I see the arch out of that window? Oh, yeah. Let's see it. Oh, yeah. There it is. There it is. They still have that thing up. Crazy. <laughs> what are they going to do? Just knock it down? Look at you, Trevor. Where, where it all started for both of us. Actually, oh, we started oh, oh. in Pittsburgh against the Cardinals. But against still. the Cardinals. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought you guys were on the road for your first for your major league debuts, no? Me, yes. His, his, yes. Mine was at, was at, uh, right. At, oh, right. Park. At home. right. But like we all made our debuts against the Cardinals. I don't know why. Yeah. That's what happens when you play them 19 times a year. Oh. By the way, Trevor, I don't want to, I don't want to give away company secrets, but I did text Brawl um, when you were pitching against the Pirates. And I said, boy, uh, like split emotions for you. And he goes, well, not really. I mean, <laughs> Trevor's my buddy, but. I play for the pirates. Like, yeah. you know, that's exactly well, that was, why I read it when it came back. Part, no, that was a good, that was a good Steven impression. But I, uh, part of the reason why I signed with the Cubs was so I can get a knockoff Steven and then have that over his head forever. You, uh, the only pitch that Trevor can hit is a hanging breaking ball. It's literally the only one. And even then you still have like I a hit 90% a hanging, chance. I hit, I hit a hanging slider yet. 80% I'm a 200 hitter. I it was, uh, <laughs> I had a slider yesterday. Um, it's funny. No, I, I know, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to be good in the box with Steven. Um, I know if Chad yanks a fastball, I know I'm going to get walked off four pitches. <laughs> I know yeah, I'm just going to start just, crying. Uh, yeah. I just, I just know. I was like, here you go. 
let's go. But uh, it hasn't happened yet. And um, who knows? We play the Pirates, like you said, 19 times. So we'll see them soon. Well, yes. hopefully. Stephen, get healthy. In the meantime, you can smell the musk of Trevor Williams in that shirt whenever you miss it. It's wonderful. <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, thank you, Chris. It's good at doing it. Bye, Trev. Peace and love. Hey, thanks, everybody, for joining us here on the Chris Rose Rotation, a production of John Boy Media.